So good to have you, and uh, again, just uh, welcome you in-house, welcome you at home. Thank you for being here on this special day as we honor mothers and honor the fathers always here, but we're just glad you're here. If this is your first time with us at home on a part of our online family this morning, just make sure you drop a comment, make sure you click the next uh, steps link, let us know you're out there. We'd love to... Just partner, connect with you, so please do that if you would. But also, again, just you in-house, I'm glad you're here. And if this is your first time, or maybe it's been a while, we just want to tell you how excited we are that you're here. So, Faith Family, would you let all of our first-time family know you love them this morning? Yeah. Hey, man. Hey, man. So good to have you on this Mother's Day. It's a special day, and I'm thankful for the mothers uh, personally in my life that I, I have around me. But also, I just want to say thank you and honor all the mothers of this house. We have some amazing... I mean, when I say amazing, I'm serious, y'all. They got some incredible, incredible uh, mothers in this house. And so thank you. We have spiritual moms and who just pour so much into what God's doing here. So thank you for that. We do have a special gift today for all of our moms. And we do it a little bit different around here. We honor all of our ladies uh, in the house. And uh, so if you're faith students and up ladies, uh, we have a very special gift. And we'll be back in the bag. But uh, I felt like we, this was like a win-win year for for, for us, because yeah, I'm, I'm getting I'm getting shouted out in the back. Amen. We, get, we I know you love coffee, and I know you love candy, and so it was like we we didn't hit hit both of these, and so these are really some very cool cups. And uh, so again, we want you to stop by, grab one. Um, if you don't eat the candy, there's people around you that do, and so uh, again, let's do that. I'm gonna hand this off because uh, I may get tempted about halfway through this thing, and. Um, and get, or maybe get hungry, amen? But uh, again, please stop by. I'd love for you to do that. Guys, sorry if you forgot at Mother's Day, you can't get this and say, like, I got you something, baby. <laughs> no, you can't, can't roll like that. Uh, so, but again, happy Mother's Day. We do honor, love, and appreciate each of you today, amen? And uh, don't forget to do this post pitch. We want pics. We want to see that. Tag us. Uh, again, we want to know, again, you're out there enjoying that. So, again, but thank you for being here. Um, we do this every Mother's Day as well as Father's Day. Every Sunday, every, every day, we go to the words. If you brought a Bible, grab yours and go with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. I heard some people were excited about the word. I like that. I heard that. Amen. Anybody else love the Bible? <clears throat> Amen. Ephesians chapter 6. If you're a version Bible app user, you can do this. You can click on more and then events. And actually follow right along with me. A lot of Bible today, but we'll get through it and get you out of here before it's too late, I promise. But uh, Ephesians chapter 6, I want to read two verses um, just again, just to kind of recognize this day. We're going to spend most of our time today in the Old Testament in a book called uh, Second Kings. And so if you have that uh, paper Bible, you can hold that spot, flip over or... Get ready to tap there in a little bit or just follow right along on your version. But Ephesians chapter 6, it says this in verse 2 and 3. It says, honor your father and mother. Amen. If you're sitting there, your kids elbow them and say, listen to the pastor today. Amen. Yeah, say, listen to your pastor today. Amen. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Amen. Before we pray, this is a day for mothers, and so I want all the moms to remain seated, and I want everybody who's not a mother. Can you stand to your feet, put your hands together, and just recognize and honor every mother in this room? Would you do that? Yeah, yeah come on. Amen. Yeah, amen. 
Amen. Thank you again. You all may be seated, but again, we love you. We appreciate you. Let's pray. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you so much for your Holy Spirit, for just what you're doing in our hearts and lives in this church, and we thank you for each mom today. May you bless them, especially on this day, Lord, and ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I don't know about you. I'm excited because today we're kicking off a brand new series. Amen. Come on. You ain't heard me say that in a long time. It's been a while, but uh, I'm excited today. We're kicking off a series called Relationship Goals. Come on, a relationship goals. And so um, I know this is one of those things that, that many people have never actually seen a biblical model for the relationships that they should have in their life. Many. I mean, I'm not, they, they, it wasn't an example to them. They didn't have that growing up. Maybe it wasn't shown to them. Maybe haven't even been really taught of what that looks like. So in this series, uh, we're going to be hanging out, looking at the relationships in our life that matter most. And so we're going to be taking a deep dive. And so we're going to go into several areas, sometimes maybe getting a little tense and maybe getting a little bit, uh, you know, ooh, ooh, okay, we're going there. So, But we're going to be talking about it, digging into those relationships in our life. And how many of those relationships matter? Come on. Amen. Yeah. I didn't hear you. I saw a few hands. Amen. Come on. Doesn't it matter? It's one of our core values around here, relationships. So we're going to be talking about it, spending time there. But as we talk about relationships, have you ever seen the hashtag relationship goals? Come on, anybody on social media know what I'm talking about. Some of you, some of you are looking like, what's, what's Pastor talking about? But relationship goals is, is sometimes one of those things that we look at someone else's life and we say, man, I want what they have. That's my goal. All right, and so it could come in like in motherhood, fatherhood, parenting, friendships, just buddies. You may look at what somebody else has and say, man, that's my relationship goals. That's what I want. But how many knows this? God wants your relationships to be blessed. Amen. He wants every relationship in your life blessed. Now, here's what we don't know. We see sometimes those posts, and in those posts that we see, you're seeing the good uh, kind of edited version a lot of times of sometime a very traumatic situation. Come on. Uh, you're seeing the picture that made the post, all right? You didn't see the 47 pictures that got taken that didn't make the cut, all right? And, it, and you pull out those right little specific ones, like everything looks good on that one, and even that picture got edited, Come on, you know, until they, even that one got a, a filter on it, got turned on, got, got this done to look right. And so, again, a lot of times, again, there are more to the story. We're going to be talking in a moment about a really cool story. If you didn't know everything that kind of went happening behind the scenes with this woman and this family that we're going to talk about today about a mother in Scripture, you would think, like, man, the perfect life. Everything's good. No issues. Like, if she was like today, had social media, and she was doing a selfie with Elisha, the prophet, and she had her son in the picture and the husband in there, and they're posting these things, and you saw that, you'd be like, relationship goals, man. I want what they have. But sometimes you have to go through stuff. Come on, amen. Sometimes you have to go through some things, and, so, and sometimes you have to work at it. Now, this is what the word goals means, all right? It means the object, result, or achievement of a person's ambition or effort. All right, so we're talking about something, a result that happens, but a lot of times, again, it's the result that happens because of effort on our part. 
It means also, again, the aimed or desired result. Now, so that means sometimes the results that are happening in our life are not maybe what we want. So we got to like, what can I do differently? What can I learn? And so as we jump in today, I, I believe we're going to see in the story today, but also in this series, as we take a deep dive into the relationships in our life, that, man, God wants you to have a blessed relationships with the people around you. And I believe we're going to learn some things, and I believe we're going to see and, and look at some pictures of Scripture, and we're going to see some beautiful examples. And I believe this. Some of you who never had that example are going to become that example. Amen. Some of you who never saw it, you're going to be it. Amen. You're going to break the chain. You're going to break the cycle of things that may have happened in your family, the things that may have gotten passed down. So as we dive in today, I want to first of all look at the first relationship. And I think it's fitting because it is this day. And so again, we want to take a time to honor. But I want to look at the relationship of motherhood. All right. And so we want to look at the moms. And again, uh, we have some incredible mothers. And this is the truth. We're hitting it today, and we can all relate to this in some way because none of you got here without one. Come on, amen. So this is not one person's exempt. Everybody in this room has somebody that they came through. So, uh, so again, as we talk about this today, we're going to look at some things, and, and this is what I believe. I believe we're going to look at this, and we're going to learn. Now, now, again, don't do this. Don't check out, fellas. If you're not your sister, I'm not a mom. I'm, I'm good, bro. Start scrolling, all right? Don't start scrolling on me, man. I want you to stay, in, stay, stay with me because we're going to see today in, the, in, this, in this story there are things that we can learn, all right? Whether we're single, married, whether we have kids, don't have kids, we're going to look at this and see some important things. But as we do today, honor moms. That word honor, it's a, it's a beautiful word. We see this in Scripture. And we read this word just a few moments ago. It means to, to place value on. And so today, we want to place value on, again, motherhood. Now, I recognize there's just no way that I'm going to be able today to truly give, again, the value that you guys are deserving of and honor you the way that you deserve to be honored. But I hope that, again, we can all draw from this. And I know this, Mother's Day can kind of be a sensitive area for many people. And so my prayer is this today, again, if you have your mom in your life or maybe, again, it's a memory that, again, just the Lord blesses you today and just even wraps his arms around you and just in a special way. But I I believe we can learn from the examples of motherhood we see in Scripture. Amen? And so I want, I want to jump into this today. And as we look, you can go ahead and do this. Flip on over, if you haven't already, to 2 Kings chapter 4. All right? So we're going to hang out there today. We're going to read a lot of passages and a lot of Scripture, but we, we're not going to keep you late, I promise. And uh, we're going to get you through it. Uh, uh, our, our audio video team, when I sent all the verses in, they're like, man, you just went ahead and took all of 2 Kings this morning, right? And I was like, no, just some key passages, all right? They were like, I was trying to like narrow it down. I'm like, that part's got to stay in there. That's a good part. I mean, I can't take that out. That has to kind of add to the story. So we're going to read a lot, draw from a lot. But as we look at today, we're going to look at a mother in this story in 2 Kings. And this is a story, I think a lot of times the focus gets shifted towards Elisha. And again, Elisha, a prophet of God, a man of God who does miraculous things. If you, if you know, he was the one who followed Elijah around. And he said, I'm not leaving. I'm going to follow you to the end, I'm going to be there when you go up. And when Elijah left, his mantle, the calling was passed to Elisha. 
And man, this guy walked in miracles, signs and wonders. God did incredible things. But this is one of the stories that we see here, a mother who was blessed by the ministry of Elisha. So when we look at this today, I want to look at a few things that we can learn from this lady. Again, she doesn't get it perfect. She doesn't get it right. Again, if her story got posted on Instagram, her post went live. If we see it again, there are a lot of things that happen behind the scenes to get there. Amen. And so we're going to learn from things. One of the first things that I love that we can learn from this lady in the story that I'm going to read a little bit of in just a moment, we learn here and see that it's important that as mothers and as men and children, whoever, whatever age, it's important that we keep God first. Amen. That we keep him First, it's critical. And first of all, again, but as we do honor mothers to speak to you specifically today, listen, it is important that we learn to keep God first in our life. Now, this, this story is cool, man. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 8, we see the story pick up where it says that now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. All right, like how many know most guys, it don't take a lot of persuasion for us to eat food. Amen, it's all, it's all good. But she persuaded him to eat food, and she said to her husband, critical, she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Now, again, you'll see the words man of God. You'll see, you, we see that he is a prophet of God. And one of the things that we can look at when we read those things in Old Testament, it's important that we can also connect that to the Word of God. He was a voice for God, a prophet. He was a prophetic voice speaking for God. So as we look at this and read this, that's what I want you to get in your heart, that this is the Word of God. This is God himself. This is what we see when this is represented through Elijah. So again, it says in verse 10 now, it said, Let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table, and a chair, and a lampstand, so it will be that whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. Now, this is, a, again, a very cool story, but one of the big takeaways is this, is that she makes room for God in her life. She makes, an, again, an effort. This is, again, the relationship goal. It sometimes doesn't just happen. Again, it is an effort now that we're seeing that being put forth by her. And, and I see this. I, I recognize, moms, how many hats you have to wear. I mean, how many times, again, that you're able to do this and, and do that, and you're able to make all these things happen. And sometimes we look at you like superwoman again, but deep down we know that, again, you're just real, and sometimes it's very hard. This will help you put God first in your life. And, again, this is a hat that, again, in all the hats that we're wearing, we never take off the God hat. Amen. We never take off the hat that we're saying, God, I want you first in my life. Because I love this. She makes an effort, and she does this in a way to not like, I'm going to lay it out for you a sleeping bag if you show up. I'm going to roll it up the rest of the time, stick it in the closet, and just pull it out if I need it. No, no, no. That's not what she does. In this, we see again that this is an effort again where she makes a bed. She puts a table like, sit here. 
Stay here. Amen. And like, here's a chair. Make yourself at home a lampstand that whenever he comes by, like whenever the opportunity arises, I want to encounter you. So again, we see how important this is. Now look, it just keeps getting cold. In verse 11, it says, and it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Oh, what a picture of what happens when we make room for God in our life. He shows up. Amen. When we make an effort and say, God, I want you to dwell here. I want you to live. This is this place is for you. And so he comes in, he lays down there, makes himself comfortable, gets his faith renewed mug out, and he is just hanging out, enjoying his Reese's pieces and having a great time. And, and it's just, like, this is so cool. Verse 12 says, Then he said to Gehazi, his servant, This is what happens. This is this is his servant. Call this Shunammite woman when he had called her, he, she stood before him, and she said to him, say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of, of the army? She answered, I dwell among my own people. Now, again, this is, this is cool because what she does is she makes room for him. He shows up, and then he always begins to do what God does. The exchange system with God is always better for us. Amen, always. Like we give him sin, and he gives us salvation. Come on. I mean, have you thought about that? Like you're bringing him all your messed up stuff, and we lay that before him, and he heals us. He sets us free. He gives us peace when we're struggling. He does all of these things in our life. This is the exchange system. So she makes a small room. She makes an area for him to come, for him to dwell. And then he's like, man, I'm not just going to come hang out and, and, and not just, again, make this all about me. Ooh, I love what he does. He says, I want to I pour something to you. I want to give something to you. So what can I do for you? Do you want me to speak on the king? She asked, I can dwell among my own people. And then we keep reading. It says in verse 14, so he said then, what then is to be done for her? Like, all right, what, is, what does she want? What is it? And he recognizes the need. This is what God does. He recognizes the needs in our life. And Gehazi answered and said, actually, she has no son. And her husband is old. Whew. All right. So he said, call her. Call her here. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. Imagine this, man. You create this opportunity to encounter God. You set this moment up. And I said, God, I'll make time for you in my life. I set this place for you to show. And then he shows up. And then he like calls you forward. And then you like standing like before him. You're like, oh man, imagine what she was feeling now in this moment. Then he said to her, and I love how he just, again, this picture's representation of the word when he speaks forth and gives a promise. Then he said, then he said to him, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. Like, and was, like, he not listening? Was Elisha not listening when, like, we were saying, like, he's old, and uh, she ain't got no, was he not, did he not hear that part? But listen, I mean, God can, God can show up and do things in our life, man, and it's just to show us sometimes that we had nothing to do with it. Come on, amen. I mean, because we take credit for it. 
The old man who was able to make it happen would be like, man, it would be all me. If he didn't know God has spoken this thing, if the word hadn't come in. Y'all know what I'm talking about, fellas. And it'd be like, yeah, I still got it. Amen. But we see here now again that the word comes forth. It speaks forth. He is making this declaration. And this is her response. This is, this is what happens. Again, by this time next year, you're going to brace the sun. And she said to him, oh, my Lord, man of God. Do not lie to your maidservant. She took that promise and looked at this in her life because, again, she looked at her situation and she says, man, don't lie to me. Don't, don't get my hopes up. No, God doesn't get our hopes up. He gives promises that we can trust him. He gives promises that we can stand on. And this is what's amazing about this story. It's one of my, actually one of my favorite verses in the story is that we see here in verse 16, she doubted, but God's still blessed. Amen. She doubted. She struggled with the promise, but God didn't pull back. We didn't see him. How many knows your miracle is not determined by your merit? Amen. It's not determined by what you do. We see when he speaks a word and gives a promise, he does exactly what he says he's going to do. Amen. And so again, I love this. So we see him show up. And so this is what happens. This is what, this is what happens when he again speaks. Verse 17, for the woman conceived. It's called Grace. Amen. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. Oh, man, I love that. When the appointed time had come. How many of us, it's, it's not God's time, it's not always our time. Because there's some things, man, I would do it different if I was God. Thankfully, I'm not. Amen. <clears throat> Thankfully, you're not. Amen. But I would do it differently a whole lot of times. I would be like, man, God, you're late. No, he's always on time. And this is what I want you to see. There was an appointed time. There was an appointment there. There was an appointed time. And so, again, we see what was appointed came to be. What was said happened. And why did it happen? Because this woman, this, this lady, she made the decision. She says, I'm going to put you first in my life. I'm going to make room for you in the middle of all the chaos of life and every day in and outs of what goes on. God, I'm making room for you in my life. I'm putting you first and a promise comes. Amen. So again, we see this happens. Now, I, I love this. After, again, she's showing a picture to us of that we can apply of putting God first in our life. She does something else. Now, I think this gets overlooked in the story a lot of times, but this is one of the things I think so critical about the story is that secondly, today we can learn that we need to do this, ladies, as mothers, you need to do this. Love your husband. Come on, I got one guy was getting me somewhere. Some of you men were scared to say amen. Amen. I was like, come on, it's okay. Some of y'all should have waved a hanky at your brother. And it was like, man, I got some room. I got some, uh, some Pope helping me out in the back. But man, listen, you need to love your husbands. Now, this is what I know. I understand this. I understand that this doesn't apply to all mothers in this room. It doesn't apply to all mothers. There's, there's some of you, you don't have that right now. You don't have that husband. So again, this is not a lot. Put pressure on you if that's your situation. Please. Don't take it for that. It's not my heart. It's not the heart of Scripture. But we can see something if this does apply to us. If you're in this situation, and today if you are a mom and, and there is a husband involved in your life, it's critical that you do this, that you love your husband. This is, is, is so critical. I believe to the story even. Like, again, she asked, again, that we need to make room for him in our life. I don't believe, again, she did those things by herself. 
I believe, again, he took the hammer. I believe he got to bed. He carried up the steps. He did all. I believe he got involved because, again, we see that she went to him. Amen. She went to him. She tossed to him, sits down. And I understand this, that being a mother for you guys, it's very demanding. It's very hard. And one of the best things that you can do as a mom is, again, love your husband because this is the thing. All that God has called you to do, you're not supposed to do it by yourself if God's given you a husband. Come on. Amen. You can do it all by yourself. So again, this is what we see here. So the priorities in this story are critical. So we see an order put in place. And this order is huge for all of us today. God first. Period. Like he's first, like in every area. And this can get shifted. In motherhood, I've like, I understand. I've had lots of mamas get mad at me. All right, I'm serious. I've had mamas get mad at me when I start saying things like that because they're like, that's my baby. All right, they're, they're everything to me. And again, love them. I mean, again, with everything that you have, pour into them in every way. But there is an order that there should be in our life. And when this order gets out and when it gets messed up, chaos unfolds. And we see something happen here. She's prioritizing things in her life. The order's right. She said, God, I want you first. I make room for you. But she wasn't trying to do it by ourself. We shouldn't either. We should never try to do this on our own. So again, we love like this. If, if you are, again, you have this in your life, again, God first. If you have a spouse and you are a mother today, if you have this, you know what? Second, your husband. Some of y'all are like, oh, they don't, people don't preach. They don't say that stuff because that can get you equal right. Now listen, I'm telling you, this is what we need to hear. This is important. This is huge because this is what we're called to do. This is what we're called to do. We're called to as parents, and we'll deal with this when we dive in deeper, dive into, into parenting and, and marriage, but we're called to raise our kids, then release them. I'm, and just, we let them go. We raise them up, then we release them. And what I've seen happen far too many times is all the effort and energy, and it happens on both sides, gets poured into those children that we love and are thankful for and are such a blessing, one of God's greatest gifts, Scripture says. But again, this is what happens. Everything gets poured into them, and then when that child gets old, and when they pull out on you, what happens? There's a lot of times left in that house a husband and a wife that don't know each other. There are a lot of times a husband and a wife are saying, well, now what? Everything's surrounded and centered around them. Let's just God first. And again, everything flows from that. But again, make your spouse, make your husband, make your wife, make them a priority because, again, this is important that we see it. And I love this. We keep seeing this lady keep going back to the husband. Like the prophet of God's there, and we see he's available and all these things, but she's not out there saying, I'm going to leave you and try to do this all by, my, by myself. She's, we see it here. Let's keep reading. Verse 18, it says, and the child grew. All right, so he began to grow. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father to the reapers. So the dad's out there reaping, working. He's out there doing this. And he said to his father, my head, my head. All right, so something's happening. Like we don't, again, we can, medical folks, y'all, I mean, what is, what is this? What's happening? Aneurysm. This, something's going on, like a serious, as we're going to see, it's a serious situation. Again, he said to his father, my head, my head. Look what daddy does. All right, so he said to a servant, carry him to his mother. All right. <laughs> yeah, 
All right, now again, we don't always get it right, but hey, again, we know who to send him to. You know, we know who, who to call on. Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him, he brought him to his mother. He sat on her, her knees till noon, still alive at that point, till noon, and then died. All right, now, again, if you're just looking at the picture, the edited version, we don't understand all that happened. We don't know all that took place to get to this point, but now we're seeing in this moment that promise that she had been given is now laying there in her arms without life. I love what she does, and this is huge. And she just like went up, laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him, and went out. This is why we make room for God in our life. This is why we make him a priority. This is why, again, this is like my relationship with God. This is first because there's going to be moments when there's nowhere else you can turn. There's nobody else that can help you. There's nobody else can do this for you. And say, so, yet in this story, she knew who to go to. She does this when this happens. When what she had been given was now in her arms off. It just says that she goes up, went up, laid him on the bed, the man of God. Listen, again, you never know, again, what you're going through, what you're dealing with. But when you put God first, how he can show up. Amen. Again, you may be reading something in Scripture right now that's just going to come life to you and help you three months from now. Amen. And, and again, you just never know when you're building that bed, making that room, setting that situation up when you're going to need him in that moment. And she takes it and she lays it before him. Don't miss that. She takes now what she had in her arms, that promise, and she lays it there on the man of God, that press, that place, that bed. Again, representing the word of God. Now, again, it's huge. We, we see here again, this is what we do. This is why we make room for him. Now, she does it like this. She takes it. She lays it on there. And I love what she does. Thirdly and finally, we see her doing something in this, even in that moment. Thirdly, today we do this. Lead your children. Lead your children. Put God first. Love your husband, but lead your children. She didn't stop. She led this. She did something in, in, this, in this moment that is so valuable, so vital. And I, I don't know if you realize this, moms, how important you are. I don't know if you see how vital and how important you are. We were talking about this Wednesday night. And, uh, again, it's something that we as a church, we're praying on and believing, joining with other fellows, people of faith in this. But, man, we're seeing what's happening right now with the abortion bills, with things about some of these things maybe being overturned and things that are happening. But God hit me with this this week. A lot of times, again, we know this. We know, again, that is where we're standing up for the voiceless. We're standing up for the unborn when we do that. But listen, please understand, abortion is not just an assault against them. Abortion is assault against motherhood itself. Amen. Because listen, when that is robbed, it is being taken away an opportunity for a woman to come into her place in God and to be an example. And I know what praying mamas can do. Amen. I have one. I, I know what praying ladies can do. I know what can happen. So this is an assault now, just not against the unborn, but motherhood itself. But yes, she does this here. She doesn't stop. She's still in every way, still leading her children in the right path. She still knew what to do with them. And whether again today, if it's physically, you can do it, lay them before 
before the Lord, or maybe it's just spiritually. It's all you have right now. You can't do it physically any longer. But spiritually today, ladies, listen, don't stop laying your children before the Lord. Don't ever stop. Don't pull back. Don't ever pull back in this moment. Again, your role is so vital. But let's, let's keep reading. It says this in verse 21. And she went up. She laid him on the bed of the man of God. She shut the door upon him. She went out. Then she called to her husband and said, there it is again, please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. So he said, why are you going to him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, it is well. It is well. It's going to be all right. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, drive and go forward and do not slacken the pace from me unless I tell you. And so she carried, departed, and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. And so it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to his servant Gehazi, look, the Shunammite woman, please run now to meet her and say to her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, no, nah, dog, everything's jacked up. This thing's so messed up, there's no way out. There's no turning this situation around. It's gone too far. And I love how she spoke in faith. And again, she never stopped. She didn't pull back from her promise. She said and answered, it is well. Now, when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet, but Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress. And the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, did I ask a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me again? Even in the moment of struggle, she still knew who to go to. And we can be honest. Come on, some of us need to be honest with the Lord. He knows your heart anyway. He just tell him, just tell him where you're at. But he said in verse 29, then he said to Gehazi, get yourself ready. Take my staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. If anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. The Bible's a trip sometimes, isn't it? <laughs> Amen. And the mother of the child has said, as the Lord lives, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. God, I'm not letting go. I'm not quitting. I'm not pulling back. And I don't know, I, I think maybe he went to that moment with a, with a conversation that he had with this guy named Elijah. And Elijah was like, okay, go on your way. And it's going to end you. No, no, I'm not letting go. I refuse. And it, it just, he's like, I remember the result of that. I remember what happened then. She said, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. She's like, no, you're going to my house, dude. You, you're following me. You coming, not your staff. You coming yourself, Lord. I need you. Amen. We need him. And again, this is so important. And then she's showing a picture. She said, I'm following you regardless of what my child does. I'm following you regardless of what happens. Amen. We're leading and we're setting the example. And she walks this out. Verse 31 says, now Gehazi went on ahead of them, laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore, he went back to meet him and told him, saying, the child has not awakened. Like you sent the staff, you sent this. That, that don't, I don't, nothing's, nothing's changed. 
neither voice nor hearing. Therefore, he went back to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, there was the child lying dead on his bed. He went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Oh, what a beautiful picture. Pray to the Lord. He went up, lay on the child, put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes, his hands on his hands, and he stretched himself out on the child, and the flesh of the child became warm. Oh, man. I love this. This was like one of those things. Because honestly, you can read that, and you're like, bro, that's wild. You know what I'm talking about? That's strange. And uh, there's some like cool, I think, things. Man, just one of the Lord showed me. One of the ladies come up after service. She just said, it was face to face. It was eye to eye when God spoke into Adam and breathed life into him. And I was like, whoo, that was good. Amen. I said, I'm going to share that second service. And I love that. But one of the things that hit me this week about this story, because I'm like, man, that's kind of weird. But one of the things that hit me about this, and this is what happens when we make room for him in our life. This is what happens when we put him first. When he comes in and he enters into this story, he doesn't walk into that room and say, man, this feels strange here. He felt right at home. I believe he laid there on that bed that day and he's like, man, I feel comfortable here. Yeah, this feels familiar to me. I know this place. Amen. I know this place. I know what can. And so he comes and lays before him. And then this, this is like wild because, again, it, it just like it says that the child's flesh became warm. Verse 35 says, He returned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up and stretched himself out on him. <laughs> then the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. Dude, that's, yeah, pollen season in South Carolina. Amen. That's what happened. But, and the child opened his eyes. This is wild. And he called Gehazi and said, call this Shunammite woman. So he called her. Last time she got called in that room, she was given a promise. Next time she comes back in that room, she was given that promise back because she knew what to do with it. She knew what to do with what she had been given. She always laid that before him. And so again, he called her. And when she came into him, he said, pick up your son. Oh, man. So she went in, fell at his feet. That's our response when God moves. It's worship. It's come to him first. She didn't like run to the suffer. She ran to him first. She falls at his feet. She bowed to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. What a picture of priority. What a picture of what God does when we apply these things. And relationship goals got posted that day, but there was a whole lot that happened behind the scenes. Listen, God knows what's going on behind your scene right now. He knows what's happening right now in your life. He has seen every tear you've cried. He knows every situation. He knows all the hurt that you're feeling right now. Maybe about situations with your children or relationships that you're currently in. But today we see a picture here of what God does when we put him first. He always gives us better. 
Would you stand with me, please? And once you stand, I just, I want to invite all of our ladies. I just felt this was a direction up until like 9 a.m. I was still praying, like, Lord, what do we, how do we do this in? I just really feel led today to just pray blessing and to just pray for the ladies of this house. Again, we honor you. We're so thankful for you. We appreciate you and all that you do here. This doesn't happen again, week in, week out. None of this happens without you. And so I want to invite you again, if you're a first-time guest or you're a faithful member of this church since day one, if you're a lady aged faith students and up, again, if you're a lady faith students age and up, if you're, if you're a lady in this room, I want to invite you to just come. And I want you to come and just stand here with us. You can kneel, you can stand, you can bow, whatever. But I want you to come. I love this. We're seeing people come together. Grab a hand, lady, of another lady as you come. That's cool, man. That's so beautiful. It's a lot here, but fill the fill this area, fill the whole area today. Yeah. We just want to pray for all the ladies of this house. Again, you're so valuable. You're so needed. Yeah, just keep coming in. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming up. I just want to pray over you. And this, this, is, this is just what he's put on my heart. As I look through, listen, I don't know all that's going on in your life. He does. I know, how we, I know what we post and how we try to make it look sometime. But listen, he knows what's happening. He knows what's, what's beautiful about the God that we serve. He cares. He cares so much about what you're going through, what you're facing. He knows. He knows. He loves you and he cares. And so thank you for this morning for coming up. I, I want to ask men of God to come and to just to form a wall around these beautiful ladies. And just, if they would, to just as like, man, like, we got your back in this thing. I'm serious. Like, they got to come through us to get to you. That's where I, I want us to just do that. I want men to just gather around you. And I love that you already are linking up in this room and locking arms with one another. And I want you to do this. We just want to just pray. I'm just going to pray a blessing over you in here initially. Our worship team is just going to release a sound and, and release that over you, even through song. And then just the men of God are just going to pray for you. And I want you to do this. Listen, if there's a specific need you have in your life, like you're in one of those moments, like you're like, like you're to be able to say like today, it is well, like it's all faith. I mean, if it's everything, to say those words, it is all faith because none of it looks well. None of it looks right. None of it looks good but it is well. I want you, if you feel in any way, just let, to just turn, ladies, to one another. You can share a need if there's something specific, but I just want to pray blessings over each of you. We're going to release this sound, and we're just going to let the Holy Spirit just minister in this room, and in just a moment, we're going to give a gift to you, but we just want to just release this spiritual blessing gift over you right now. So, Father, I just thank you for each lady in this house. God, they're so valuable, Lord. They're so needed. They're so important. I just pray, Lord, right now that every lie that has been spoken over them Lord, today we cancel that out now with truth today. I just pray, God, that life today, Lord, and the promises that you give them will be breathed back in to those things, Lord. Lord, for some, Lord, maybe they're in that place, God. Lord, right now hurting, hurting like the promise is over, the promise is ended, but God, you breathe life. You breathe life back into death. So, Lord, I speak that and release that blessing today over each lady of this house. Thank you again for listening.